Lake of the Week day today, we'll be checking in with Gary Bernard from the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office on Lake Rabidou later on. But right now, let's find out where the hot bite is in the North Country. Tom Lucas had a chance to sit down and talk with Aaron Templin of Destination Sporting Goods. We talked a little bit off the air. We are kind of getting into a transition now into uh, what we would call kind of the dog days uh, season for some species of fish. But uh, but this season has been kind of odd the way it's set up. What do you, What's your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think the water temps are uh, are peaking and finally mellowing out. I think I think we're going to come out of the dog days a lot sooner than uh, a lot sooner than we think. Also, but yeah, it's definitely a goofy time of year uh, for for your walleyes and and things like that uh, with the with the high water temps and the bug hatches and <clears throat> and things spiking and mellowing out. That's for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the bug hatch. The uh, the uh, the mayfly hatch this year was kind of uh, was kind of odd, or or would just say a little bit unusual. It looked like it was going to be a very late uh, go for that, and then it looked like, well, gosh, we're you know we're catching up as far as water temp and and, and those kinds of things. And hurry, maybe everything's going to be on schedule, but things just haven't really uh, gone the way they were expected to go uh, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, a lot of people always ask me, too, what, what's the story with the bug hatch, and if you're driving around the lake and seeing on your graph the big clutters in the midwater columns, that, that is the bug hatch. That's, that's all sorts of worms and mayfly larvae and, and things that are coming up from the bottom, and this happens traditionally this time of year every time, and this is when we always say, oh, it's crawler and spinner time. Um, and it, it, it almost seemed like the big masses came up and they didn't just pop the way that they normally do. Um, so I don't know if the fish gorged on them and it just it got too hot where it didn't happen or, or it mellowed out during the right times of some cold fronts coming through. But it just didn't seem to quite pop like it normally does. And, and the fish, are, they seem a little confused because of it, too. Um, I don't know. The fun thing I've been doing is is running around. I've been definitely fishing night crawlers during this time of year. That's when I really take off with the night crawler stuff and stock my coolers full and and get out whether I'm rigging or jigging with them. And the fun thing I've been doing is with our clear waters on on Cast Lake and and Leech Lake and and the zebra mussel infested or or just a traditional clear water fishery is I've been sight fishing my walleyes, which has been an absolute blast. Uh, running around with 16th and 8th ounce jigs in a full night crawler, and all I do is pinch the last bit of the tail of the night crawler off and, and almost shaky head style it on the bottom like I'm bass fishing. And you'll watch those walleyes react, and you learn so much more about how they feed and, and how they react to what you're doing on your jigging methods by sight fishing those fish. You know, I would imagine if you're able to visually observe what's going on, uh, then uh, you know the short hits maybe are, are, are reduced a little bit yeah. because you, you, you can see when when the time is right. Absolutely, you, you do see, and, and you see when when an active fish will eat. You'll see whether they're neutral or they're active. Then an active fish will eat; it'll engulf that whole jig in one swipe. And uh, you'll watch a, a real neutral fish that you have you have its attention and you want it to. It's going to eat. But you'll watch them kind of nip at that crawler and work it all the way into its mouth. And, and it's kind of unique, and you become a better angler by just observing things like that. It's almost like the ice fishing, uh, learning how to, how to fish a jig in a spear hole. And, and you can actually watch a fish feed on it. And you learn so much more about, uh, about how fish react to baits and what happens when you wiggle it or, or whether you rip it, uh, what to turn a neutral fish on.
with Tom and Aaron coming up next. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Fishin' Paul Bunyan Country, where fishing is more important than pretty much everything. Well, it is kind of an interesting time of year here as we enter July because of the fact that uh, that you have, on the one hand, the metabolism of the fish in the warmer water is, is picking up. So certainly they're, they're going to be in the mood to eat. But at the same time, uh, in this, uh, you know, this transition when, the, you know, as you noted earlier, the fish might be a little bit confused, uh, you still might, might find yourself relying a little bit on something uh, unexpectedly late in the season while you're transitioning into the, uh, into the new season as well. Yep, yep. This is definitely uh, this is definitely speed up time. Uh, it's time to time to quit uh, quit going slow through the spots and definitely uh, cover some ground. These fish are spread out um, and just power through. Um, I, I see speed pulling crawlers in, on a straight lindy rig is taking off exceptionally well. Um, like I said, I've got my jig stuff. That's that's slow fishing, but but what you're doing is working specific fish at that time. But typically it's reaction bites, and you're just going to push your way through um, and see what those fish want. It's kind of a goofy time of year. You're catching them on six different methods, you know. Well, we hear about, uh, you know, the crankbaits, uh, the, the, the night fishing, that kind of thing, which gets to be huge during this time of year. Another thing I've heard about, and I don't know what your take on, uh, on rip jigging is. I haven't done a lot of it, but I've, uh, I've, I've heard about it, and I know that uh, some anglers really, uh, really got uh, hot into that here in July. Oh yeah, yep. Rib jigging, and, and you know that's a reaction bait or a reaction bite style. Um, when you're rib jigging and, and power fishing, as I like to call it, it's it's uh, all you're doing is is you're going through schools of fish and you're looking for active feeders. Um, I don't think there's a way to to honestly out out jig a out jig a walleye or rip rip too fast. They're they're a, a predator that's gonna they're gonna get it if they want it and. If you get that fight-or-flight reaction out of them, it's either they're going to eat it or it's got to pass by. So they have a split-second decision. They don't get to sit and think about it. They have to They have to bite it if they want it. And they don't nibble it either. They go no, after they'll, it. They'll engulf the whole thing, yeah. You're going to start seeing the rib jigging stuff, the jig wraps, the moonshines, um, whether you're doing hyper rattles. Uh, these are all specific technique baits, uh, rip and wraps on weed edges, and, and you're power fishing. You're, you're working it through. You're working fast. And that stuff's all going to start taking off. I know we're right on the cusp of that jig and wrap season, which used to be the biggest secret, and now it's now it's out. I'm happy that it's out. Guys are really starting to capitalize on things like that, um, and reaction fishing, and and it's an awesome way to put a lot of fish in the boat in a short period of time. So I'm uh, I'm out on Lake Bemidji last night, and I'm noticing that big old moon uh, coming up on the oh, yeah. uh, on the horizon, and uh, this really is a, a great time to be out as well. And, and uh, of course, that's day or night, really. I mean, the uh, moon phase, in this case, when it gets to be full, uh, you see a lot more people giving it a go. Absolutely, a feeding moon, yep, especially the musky guys. They're getting all revved up. You know, this is the time of the year where the musky stuff really starts popping off for the casters. Um, and then your walleye stuff in that moon, it's... It, uh, it definitely opens up a lot longer feeding windows and gets those fish charged up. How do we get in touch with you, uh, Aaron, at uh, Destination Sporting Goods? Obviously, you're working today uh, at, uh, and have been this morning, uh, but uh, you'll uh, you'll have advice for uh, for people that seek it at Destination. Absolutely, yep. Just just swing on through the doors and chat with us, our staff here. That's what we pride ourselves on is, is knowing pretty much what we can tell you about any fish that swims. So we definitely pride ourselves on that and different unique techniques that you want to try out or become a better angler. That's what we're here for. So 
Aaron Templin from Destination Sporting Goods. Thanks very much for helping out on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. Our lake of the week this week is Rabido, which is, uh, Gary, in the heart of some pretty beautiful country. Uh, it's actually in the uh, in the National Forest, right? Yep, that's up in the Chippewa National Forest, just a bit south of Black Duck there on the uh, scenic highway. Um, there's a lot of really neat small lakes there. This is among them. Uh, not this, you know, it's a decent sized lake, uh, 680 acres. Um, what are we going to find when we go to Rabideau? Well, it's it's a very interesting lake. Uh, is like you say, there's 680 acres there, but it's it's kind of two basins and very distinctly different basins. Um, the one closest to the road when you're going uh, down the scenic highways there, uh, the one that you can see has a maximum depth of 112 feet. Wow. Um, but it might be the deepest lake in Minnesota that occasionally winter kills. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, kind of unique. The, the rest of the basin, um, the, the deep spot is like there's a 100-acre basin there, and then the other 500 and some acres is very shallow wild rice type, um, more of a waterfall rice muskrat type lake. So you've got this combination there that um, normally, uh, you know, a lake that deep wouldn't winter kill, but uh, that shallow basin is kind of upstream. The, the flow pattern comes from the shallow to the deep, so uh, occasionally it can uh, um, overwhelm that deep basin and actually have a winter kill. So is the bulk of the fish in that smaller basin? Well, that's where they winter through. That's what uh, creates the winter refuge. Um, they'll they'll use the rest of the basin, which is kind of neat because uh, they can spread out in the summertime and all of that very productive water. They really grow in Rabidou Lake, and that's what it's noted for: is uh, you know fast growth, big bluegills, big crappies when they're there, and, and of course they'll cycle a little bit with uh, with winter kill events and things like that. Is is there any special regs on Rabidou? No, there isn't. Um, and one of the reasons we don't do special regs is when we when we have these uh, kind of fragile communities that can winter kill occasionally, you can uh, lose what you gained in a short amount of time. So, no special regulations there. But it's uh, it, it's also hooked up to the north branch of the Turtle River, so it'll get a fish run up there in the spring. Um, you can get some walleyes that run up in there. Northern pike move up in there quite well, and and again they they do well in these uh, fertile waters, shallow waters as well. So uh, we can have at times some pretty nice uh, northern pike fishery. Um, I've seen in in the past where we've had uh, a lot of big bluegills coming out of there and crappies coming out be, before we take a little setback with a winter kill. Okay, um, not but not a lot of walleyes. Um, not a lot. We uh, we do manage it some. We we do some fry stocking every other year, and we'll get good responses occasionally after uh, maybe a partial winter kill where that back bay will kill, and then uh, the fry will do a lot better that year. So that walleye population will kind of ebb and flow a little bit, and we'll also get some some decent runs of uh, a natural fish up the north branch of the turtle at times too that'll give it a, a little jolt too so um yeah you can uh, you can run into a number of different species in there and, and at times can be pretty good fishing um our most recent survey in in 20 
14. Um, the 9 to 10 inch bluegill was the most common size we sampled, and that's oh. that's pretty nice fish. So, yeah, uh, that's what uh, that's what that fishery can put out at times. And some bass in there as well. Yeah, there's some bass. Um, we've actually restocked it after winter kill events. At times, we'll just put some brood stock in to get them going again, and then they'll take off on their own, and it can be a, a decent bass fishery for a while. And uh, you know, the other the other part of it, and you access it really way down on the shallow end, so you get to see a lot of that shallow basin. Um, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's a lot of waterfall. Use it uh, real good wild rice lake and. Uh, um, real conducive to good rice production. People do uh, harvest rice up there as well, and it, uh, it draws in the ducks and geese and muskrats, so kind of a multi-purpose lake. Yeah, um, and in the Chippewa National Forest, I'm assuming not a lot of development there? No, not a lot. There's there's a few cabins on there, um, not really a, a lot of permanent-type homes, but uh, a few cabins, a couple of maybe duck camps, and uh, and a lot of just Chippewa National Forest land that's uh, some pretty nice pine and uh, nice scenery. Does it get a lot of pressure or not? Not really. Um, you know, it'll it'll get some at times, and the, the word will spread up in that black duck area when the fishing's good, and uh, then the locals know about it, and it uh, depends on how long it's good and, and how far the word spreads at times, but uh, it's a neat one to check out occasionally. So how do we get on that lake? Where exactly is the access? You said it was on the shallow end, but how do we get there? Yeah, you you go up. Uh, well, if you're coming from Bemidji, you'd probably run over to uh, Scenic Highway and head up. That's Highway 39 that goes straight north into Black Duck. Um, Rabidoux Lake will be on the right-hand side. You actually take the Webster Lake Road to get to the Rabidoux access. Um but uh, you'll see Webster Lake Road on your right-hand side just before you um, hit Rabidoux Lake. You're about five miles south of Black Duck, I guess. And uh, um, follow that road past the Webster access, and then the Rabidoux access will be on your left-hand side. It's a forest road. Okay. Is, it a, is it a good access, easy to get on? You know, it's a... It's kind of um, not a well-developed access. Uh, probably fits, you know, four or five rigs. Um, but, yeah, you can get a decent-sized boat in there. And, uh, you know, you're you're not on a Lake Bemidji when you get out there. So, you, you know, you're going to be running through some vegetation and stuff. That, that shallow end will be a little bit uh, of a navigation thing until you get down to the deeper water. But there's some good fishing in that shallow end in the summertime, too, because that's, that's where a lot of the fish are hanging out and feeding. Anything else we need to know about Rabideau Lake? Well, it, it's a, interestingly, the, the lake does have a water level control structure on it. One of those that was built back in the CCC days, and you know we've been we've been trying to kind of get a management plan uh, for manipulating that water level. It'll benefit both rice and try to reduce the winter kill frequency out there. That uh, um, and the way to do that is just to, to kind of go into winter with with things a little bit lower so that you don't have a lot of discharge and a lot of that uh, anoxic water pushing out of that uh, shallow bay. So um, it's just something we're working on right now and trying to get that approved. We have to uh, get the approval from landowners and stuff like that. But uh, So it's it's a different way of managing lake that uh, a little non-traditional way of actually managing through water level management. Would that uh, change the populations of fish in any way? 
Well, it can help if we can uh, you know, if we can prevent some of those untimely winter kills. It's it's kind of disappointing when you you get a nice population of nine to ten inch bluegills and then it takes a kill again. So, um, if we could reduce that frequency by um, by proper manipulation of the the outlet, uh, that, that would be a pretty simple thing to do. Gary Barnard is the area fisheries manager out of the Bemidji office, talking about our Lake of the Week, Rabbitoh Lake in the uh, Chippewa National Forest just off the scenic highway. Gary, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks a lot, Kevin. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.